Hello, Broncos country, and welcome to probably the most exciting pregame podcast I'd say you're ever going to listen to. Because number one, Broncos are coming off a huge win. Big comeback victory. Right? How big was it, Matt? That was massive. And not only that, but we're playing the Falcons. I've been waiting three years to do this show, so I'm really stumped. Okay, so yeah. uh, I'm Matt. David's joining me. Hello, David. How's it going, Matt? Just fantastic. And so, uh, you know, sit back or do whatever the hell you're doing. Grab a drink. If it's in the morning, grab two. Uh, just kidding. And, uh, yeah, listen up. Let's see, what, uh, see what's going to happen this weekend. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. Absolutely, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this one, Matt. I know you you've got some personal attachments to this, so I'm gonna kind of rely on you to be our Falcons eyes and ears here. Uh, but I think you're gonna have a unique perspective on, was, on this game, certainly. It's the first time like we've ever spoken to somebody that isn't a Broncos fan on a Broncos podcast. So um, I don't know. You yeah. do a pretty good impersonation of a Chiefs fan some weeks. <laughs> that's, oh, that's a good point. Anything yeah. Anything yeah. All right. Fine. 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 Um, yeah. So I mean, okay. Let's just get into it. Like, let's 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 just talk about this now, so we don't have to later. But man, the Falcons this year have been so hot and cold. Some some quarters they look absolutely fantastic, and then others they choke. You know, they've got a 99% chance of winning, and they bomb it. Mm. Uh, they've done it a few times this year, and it's, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty embarrassing, pretty sad, not going to well. lie. Uh, but oddly enough, Broncos and, and Falcons kind of in the same spot, both underwhelming. Uh, Broncos at 3-4 and four and Falcons at 2-6 and six now, I believe. Uh, yeah, 2-6, and six, so not that far away from each other. Uh, Falcons haven't had that bye week yet. Um so, like, what are your thoughts going into this game? Like, you know, do you think this is going to be a walk in the park for the Broncos? Definitely not. Um, the way the Broncos' defense is going to be limited by injuries, uh, by possible COVID reductions, um, is going to make them, I think, really vulnerable to some of the better things that the Falcons' def- offense can do. So, like, who are these uh, notable injuries? Well, so we've got, first of all, we've got Shelby Harris was just added to the COVID list today. Um, Right. No, he self-reported, which is what you're supposed to do and what you would hope all players would do. But let's be honest with you. It's not going to happen in some cases. Um, But he did the right thing, um, said he had been a close contact of somebody who ended up testing positive. Um, He has not. Yeah, he has not tested positive himself, um, but he is uh, isolating at home. Um, I think if he has five. Uh, negative tests in a row he's eligible to play but i don't know when that mm. period starts because if it was to start today it would mean the game's on sunday he's not playing in that game yeah so probably not gonna play okay so who else uh you know bright you? and and now so the broncos were in covid protocol today um and so what we did not see was them actually go out and practice so what we mm. got instead was a um hypothetical practice injury report from, from coach Fangio. Right, right. And so you got, you saw Bryce Callahan on there with an ankle injury. Um, you know, coach said he, it was kind of one of those, you know, mid season injuries that, you know, it's week nine. Now everybody's a little everybody's banged, up. banged up. Yeah. 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 
Um, but he wouldn't have practiced today. Um, so that's one to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, the defensive line is just so, so banged up right now. You're looking at Draymond Jones and Deshaun Williams as your two starters. Um, that's not good. Yeah. And Thank God you're playing a team who can't hold a lead, right? Because otherwise, I, you know. It's it's a unique talent the Falcons have. We we just actually I wouldn't I shouldn't say that. That's actually not true at all because the Chargers have, have been really good at not holding. Nobody's talking about that. Chargers you have know? done like what four or five straight games by leading no, I'll by tell sixteen. You what, literally all of the coverage of this post game nationally has been about how the Chargers now is now about how the Chargers can't hold a lead. Yeah. Not two words spared for the, how the Broncos performed in the end of that game, but that's whatever. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, let, let's call, I mean, let's not take up too much time on this, but honestly, yeah. man, like they're finally on the good side of luck. They finally had a, you know, a call go their way and they mm-hmm. made the most of it. That pass for the last second, like, yeah, fine. The chargers gave you that field, field position, but you still got to get those points on. Like, I'm sorry, but man, the Broncos deserve that win. They earned it. And it just goes to show like you never quit. Even when you're down 24 to three. You never quit. The Falcons know that for a fact because they were on the other side of that fucking score and yep. they lost. So you know what I mean? It like absolutely you just never quit, man. And I love Locke for that. And 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 the entire Broncos offense, they just kept fighting and, and boy it paid off. So yeah. Um, yeah. It's big in terms of like momentum going into this game, that's exactly what you want to see. Absolutely. And you know, if the off the I the, the, the Onus for that momentum is going to be a little bit more on the offense than the defense, right? Oh, yeah. uh, but, you know, with a guy like A.J. Boye now out with, in the concussion protocol, too, mm-hmm. um, not sure if, if he's going to be able to play. You know, you kind of – with weapons like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, you need all hands on deck in a secondary. You know, Absolutely. Justin Simmons is back there, but he can't just do it all. No, no, he really can't. And like, I think, you know, ultimately the the big strength of this Falcons offense is in their passing game. Uh, Matt Ryan's not getting any younger, but he's he's still maintaining a a lot of success. He's the leading passer right now in terms of yardage in the league. Um, Julio Jones is like a force when he's healthy and, and it looks like he's going to be. Calvin Ridley is playing like a number one receiver. Um, just insane. He's in the top five in many receiving categories. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hayden Hurst is serviceable as a tight end. Like he, you know, uh, you know, I'm saying he's as good as Hooper was last year. So he's mm-hmm. doing a great job there. Uh, you know, and, and then Russell Gage is their number three. Like, you know, he 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 does what he has to do. He's not fantastic by any means. I think the depth at receiver drops off significantly after Ridley. But nonetheless, like this is a core group of guys who. Like you said, man, if, if Boye's out and, um, you know, the pass rush is limited, Falcons are going to score some points this week, like it or not. They're, you know, they're going to yeah. put the points on the board. Now, the big thing is I think the Broncos' offense are going to also put some points on the board. Mm, yeah. You know, now, when, before we pivot to the Broncos' offense, I want to ask you, yeah, what's Todd Gurley like this season? Todd Gurley looks exactly like Todd Gurley's ever looked. He, they, they're running the same kind of offense that they ran with the Rams. It's a lot of zone stuff, a lot of one cut. Um, you know, I think he's he's being used the way that he 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 likes to. Uh, you know, that didn't sound appropriate, but that's fine. I'm gonna roll with it. Um, okay. I, you know, pretend nobody heard that one. Right. But I think that you know his talents are being maximized. Like he's a downhill runner, one cut type of guy, and and he's doing just that. Like. He's, he's fitting in very well with this offense without having to take all the load on his shoulders. Um, and again, the, the problem with that is just that he's he's their guy. You drop off from there, you got Brian Hill, um, you know, and yeah, 
Like you know, you don't have the depth that like the Broncos have at, at running back. So like, yeah, Gurley's gonna again. He's part of this big scoring group. Like he's going to score maybe a touchdown, maybe two. Hopefully on purpose this time, not by accident. Right. Like the, yeah. the last time he did that. So hard to tell, but I still think that you know he's he's doing well. He's a great starting running back in this league, and you know he's hard to stop. Now, what do you think uh, a matchup? like this one presents to a guy like him, you know, we saw, we missed Mike Purcell against the Chargers. It really showed, and it's going to be hard to replace him the rest of the year. Um, Especially if Shelby Harris is out, that takes your run defense down another notch. Um, What are you expecting that their offensive line, who is, you know, position for position, as good or better than ours at most of these spots? Mm. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean, but, both know, are kind of mediocre. We can right, according to <laughs> according to Pro Football Focus, great. Let me put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're both kind of mediocre. Um, you know, like, I mean, Jamon Brown, like at left guard, I, I'm not too sold on on him as a long term starter. And then on the right side, McGarry's shown some weakness. Um, Jake Matthews is a, a, a decent left tackle, and Alex Mack is still, you know, top of his game. I'd say maybe you know not as good as he was a few years ago because he's getting older, but I think Chris Lindstrom, Lindstrom is just a great finisher of a blocker and, mm-hmm. and he's really coming to zone. He was hurt for most of the year last year, but this year, like he's playing well, he's aggressive. Um, you know, I think that the Falcons line might have an advantage over the Broncos coming to this, just given the injuries. Um, if it was a, like a fully healthy roster, I don't know, you know, if I'd be saying that, but I think that they definitely have, you know, a, an advantage when it comes to this. And, you know, the, the difference is I think the linebackers are still pretty tight for the Broncos with you know, Johnson and, and whoever else is playing on the other side, like Jewel or, or, or whoever, um, you know, they're still good at covering the run. So like, will, will, you know, Gurley get past that front line? Yeah, probably most of the time, but then those linebackers are really good tacklers behind them. And then Justin Simmons loves to jump in the box too. So, you know, I, I don't expect Gurley to have many big runs. I could see him have a couple that, go above 15 maybe 25 um but you know i I don't expect them to run over the broncos like Mm -hmm. i think it really is i honestly think the broncos best defense this game is going to be their offense Mm -hmm. if they can score points if they can move the ball on every drive and control the clock like they're going to force the falcons to you know throw it deep and try to get early first downs and that's just going to help you know they're the Broncos defense and like stopping the run. Now, the other thing I want to point out is you know, mm-hmm. the Broncos defense is still number two in the entire league, second to the Seahawks, right? Um, they still have uh, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. What metric are you looking at that the Broncos PFF effective? run defense, man? Run defense, the Seahawks, yeah. Seahawks are they have 81 grade and the Broncos have a 76. I am sorry, I'm just having a very hard time that the Seahawks are grading well at anything on defense. Yes, Continue. But you're- you're also very stoned, so uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> okay, well then the Broncos have the number three overall defense, okay, okay. Uh, which is pretty good, and the number one coverage defense. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's some injuries, but across the board, there's been injuries on this defense all year, and they're still measuring in the top five for a lot of metrics. So you know, I, I, again, I don't see Todd Gurley being the X factor in this game for the Broncos offense. I think that the if Ryan can get the ball to Julio Jones, yeah, that's going to be the killer. Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, if those two can get equal share of the ball and attention, that's going to be a big difference maker. Because otherwise, like, I can see the Broncos really shutting down the run, squaring up with the tight ends and, you know, kind of just doing that thing. Uh, so that A.J. Bouye injury might be the, the big one that, that you feel on this weekend. 
Yeah, I feel I get the feeling we're going to see Michael Ojemudia probably get picked on a little bit, at least until he can prove that he can stand up to Matt Ryan and what they're yeah. trying to do. Um, you know, I would expect them to go away from Bryce Callahan, who is the number two rated cornerback in all of the NFL, according mm-hmm. to Pro Football Focus. Um, and you know, he's been a guy who's just been fantastic. Oh, Vic Fangio, every, getting, every yeah. Vic Fangio yeah. getting him back into his slot position has unlocked his everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I expect him, you know, I, I expect them to try and scheme up ways to get him on some of the best receivers that the Falcons have, just because that's the best way to keep, play your matchups. Um, but it remains to be seen if Michael Ojemudia or, you know, whoever replaces AJ Boye, if he can't go, uh, if they're going to be able to stand up to that test. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Um I think they can. I mean, Bryce Callahan is just every week, man, he's just getting more and more solid, more and more of a shutdown guy. So, I mean, I could see him take over that, you know, that slot responsibility against if Julio lines up in the slot or or Ridley. Um, But, you know, Falcons and and Dirk Cutter, like they run that vertical offense and it's pretty hard to stop if you get the right matchup. And and Julio Mm -hmm. being 6'3 and 230 and just a beast is like – anybody's going to struggle against him. So he's going to need to be double coverage. And then Ridley's a, just a, a, a fantastic route runner, like yeah. just so quick on his feet. Like, uh, you know, so it's going to be a tough matchup either way. Yeah, absolutely. Way. Yeah. Both of those guys run routes, you know, Alabama receivers, they don't, you know, they don't, there's both no clubs. Right. Both yeah, well, and the good news is you've got Jerry Judy, another Alabama receiver mm-hmm. uh, on your side to at least give your DBs a glimpse at some of the potential stuff they're going to see. You know, we've oh, yeah. we heard about how great a route runner he is in practice all this time. You know, maybe he'll at least give them an insight as to what they're going to see against these Falcons guys. Oh, God, yeah. You know, if anything, kind of replicate some of some of their talents. But, I mean, let's flip it over to that side then. Like, you know, the Broncos' offense is, is getting better. I find every week that Locke is healthy. They're gelling a bit more. This comeback win against the Chargers is just such a great momentum builder. It's something that they can finally hang their hat on. Like they're they're on the right side of luck. Something went their way and they capitalized it. And and Locke just seemed unfazed and he was just resilient and and, and hard nosed and um you know it, it was just a really great and needed win. Um, so I think that this team, this offense, is going to really carry that into this game. And the the Falcons' defense is like abysmal like across the board it's just so like oh mediocre man like the the fowler signing was great um i think they've gone their sack numbers up from last year significantly which i mean mm-hmm. it's like they went from zero to however many they have so it's like it's good so the pass rush is looking better their linebackers like you know a uh, Dion jones is is you know an excellent athlete um you know and same with a little come like both guys are really great at pass coverage but ultimately like you know they're they're lacking in the run defense. They're lacking at size. They're lacking at, at ability to finish. Their DBs are are just a, a ragtag group, man. Like uh, AJ uh, Terrell, I think he was kind of a reach in the draft. He's he's going to be good, I think. Yeah. Uh, but he's missed a few weeks with COVID, and and now he's he's going to be challenged against you know some uh, some some pretty good receivers too. And then outside of that, Oliver and uh, you know Sheffield and the safeties and Keanu Neal, who's one you know never really present ricardo allen who is a great athlete you know but the whole defense just is uninspiring and i think that the broncos offense is just gonna they're gonna put some points up this week i can really see that happen well that uninspiring defense is what got dan quinn fired 
Oh um, God, yes! Finally, like three years too late. Like, did you see Tack McKinley's Twitter? Of course today? I did. Yeah, that oh, was I saw a... his tweet. tweet. Yeah, yeah. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, fine. I get it. Like, if last year, if they really had a second round pick offered for Tack McKinley and they didn't take it, they're freaking idiots. No wonder they got fired. Like, it's still yeah, a second round insane. pick mm-hmm. and a fifth and a sixth. Like. It doesn't seem like much, but at least it's two picks for a player you're not going to re-sign anyways. Like, and who's clearly know, not happy being there and has and, requested a trade twice. And and they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not even in a position to compete for the playoffs. Like, why don't you just move on, get the assets? You know that I found really frustrating. Tack is, yeah, he's good when he's healthy, and and even then, like. 17 and a half sacks in his three and a half years. It's fantastic numbers. Like a third of that is when he had uh, Michael Schofield in that matchup in 2016. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Destroyed Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch in the same game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I'm not sold on this kid. I never really was, even when I was signed. Um, You know, it is what it is. Listen, Mm -hmm. I don't get why they didn't trade him. Uh, You know, Whatever. Anyways, anyways, um, you know, again, back to what I was saying, like, I think the Broncos offense is definitely in for a good game. Um, considering, too, that even if they're losing in the fourth quarter, it doesn't matter. They'll miraculously, they'll just they'll just win. It's just what happens with the Falcons. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I to me, as a Broncos fan, when I'm looking for strategies other than count on the Falcons to collapse (laughs) in the fourth quarter. Because that, you know, as much as we've seen it and as much as we saw it last week, um, you don't want to just count on that because that doesn't seem – what do the analytics guys say? Sustainable? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a sustainable way to win a game. But then, you but then it is the they've foul. done it sustainable. Yeah, and they've done it in a, repeatedly this year, so it kind of is sustainable. It's All right. Weird things, you know? Well, let's then talk. Let's get dive a little bit more further into the Broncos' offense and how they match up. Um, you do, you've got you, Tim Patrick may be back. Um, hamstring injury says you know again in the hypothetical mm-hmm. injury report he would have been limited in practice today, but he would have gone out there. You would ideally like to see him with a hamstring injury, injury especially, get to full participant before you see him come back to, to a game. Um, but, you know, he sat out a week with it already. It's more likely this week that he plays than last week, right? Yeah. And, you know, he, I think it, Drew Locke clearly missed him in the first three quarters against oh, the Oh, for sure. Tim Patrick has really come around as being, like, you know, a good number one option for Locke, um, just with his body size and his range. And hamstrings are so tricky. Yeah, they're yeah. so finicky. So you really, you really don't know. Uh, you know yeah. And one thing I think with Locke that I, I kind of go back to him not having Cortland Sutton this year and the chemistry that those guys showed so early mm-hmm. last year, just right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he was, when things were on with Cortland Sutton in a game last year, I just remember Locke, you know, slinging it around, you know, yeah. getting it to different receivers, opening up the offense, making guys pay for double teaming Cortland Sutton. And then, you know, when they singled him up, going to him and, you know, hitting him on a big play. And it's just, it hasn't been that easy this year, but we finally saw kind of that same guy, I think, for the last couple of drives against the Chargers, where he was getting the ball to different guys, letting his guys make plays, yeah. you know, setting his feet and throwing a ball accurately. Uh, from the pocket instead of, you know, bailing on clean pockets. 
so that, you know, it's the kind of the first time this season we really saw that Drew Locke, which I think we saw in more games last season. Um, yeah, you know, and it's interesting too because last mm-hmm. year we were just talking so much about how Locke needs to like just start slinging around more. Like he's like afraid and playing scared. And now this year he start off too much with that. And, and you know, we, we made a call for him. I remember recording it just talking about how he needs to take a step back. And, and and just relax and just trust his receivers and, and take the check down and, and be smart with the ball. And, like, he demonstrated that last game. So, clearly, he's a big fan of ours because, you know, he's he, he listened to our advice. But, you know, that's what kind of, that's what I like about Locke, man. He just he, – he never quits. He doesn't get stuck in a way of, of playing. Like, he's going to adapt. He's going to learn and get better. And, you know, I think this year is going to – this week, rather, is going to be another great step for him in that direction because here's – coming up against a defense where um you know they they run a they ran a cover three a base with Quinn but now with Raheem Morris he, he's kind of more of like a cover t- two Tampa mm-hmm. um which I think fits better with the 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 personnel just given Deion Jones's like athletic ability like that Tampa two defense is about that middle linebacker covering the entire middle like you know sort of between the hashes of the field um and since he's about as fast as a receiver Gosh, yeah. he can actually absolutely do that. Now, on the flip side, the DBs, like, you know, Keanu Neal has been hurt so many times this year. He's not the same athlete he used to be. Ricardo, Ricardo Allen is very quick, very athletic, uh, small body, though. He's about 5'7", so he's somebody that Tim Patrick could absolutely, you know, uh, uh, make plays against. And then uh, Isaiah Oliver and, and A.J. Terrell, two young guys who are easy to pick on, in my opinion. You know, so mm-hmm. and I think they're going to do that exactly against Jerry Judy and against KJ Hamler with his speed, uh, you know, and Tim Patrick, if he's back, that's going to be another problem. So and, and I don't know, man, this Falcons defense has been an issue for a number of years. I'll be the first one to say it. And, you know, I, I'm i uninspired by this group this year again. Well, and I'll tell you, uh, one thing that really stood out to me when you were when you were talking all of that nonsense just now was <laughs> – the um the cover two the tendency to be a cover two defense um which with our tight ends is a really interesting matchup um if you can find those seams and then if you open up those seams those underneath routes to judy Mm -hmm. which were you know are not super far underneath if he's running them at 16 yards on third down and 16 and and hitting that you know that's going to be there uh, against a cover two if you can find those seams so yeah you've got opportunities for this offense to be successful um, one thing I thought they featured for the first time against the Chargers, and I know they, I'm sure they talked about this on that other podcast. The last fun one. Right, that one. Yeah. Um, but was the up-tempo offense that they, we trotted out for the last couple of minutes, and it really helped, I think, Drew Locke find a rhythm. I would yeah. wonder if we go to that a little bit sooner. Uh, hope, maybe. I, I mean, for your sake, I'd hope so as well. That up-tempo, especially if you get a couple completions off the go, it's a lot of momentum and a lot of confidence. And, um, you know, it's something that throws a defense off balance. So if you can get a little bit of that early in the game, uh, you know, I think you gain some of that advantage. Um, Let's look at players, though. Like, who's uh, who are you really looking forward to on this Broncos defense? Well, on this Broncos defense, it's I think it's going to be Bradley Chubb for me. Mm. Um, He had a sack quote unquote against the chargers but i think it was a sack of about a half a yard um and you know he was disruptive but he also had a couple of penalties which that was a team issue you know the broncos have not been a highly penalized team thus far this season but against the chargers they were playing undisciplined football they had offensive penalties and defensive penalties and it put them in hard situations a lot of times um and bradley chubb had a had one or two of those uh, 
kind of a bogus roughing the passer call. Whatever, we're relitigating the past here. My point is, I really want to see if he can kind of clean that up and kind of eat against an Atlanta Falcons offensive line that is not great, certainly. You know what? I could definitely see that happen, especially if he lines up on that uh, the defensive left against McGarry. I could definitely mm-hmm. see him have an advantage there. Um, that's a great pick. I'm going to pick Kareem Jackson um, just because I think he's going to be a player who's going to really make the difference between Todd Gurley getting 20 yards and Todd Gurley getting five yards. Yeah. Um, if he's able to jump in the box and really play physical football, I think he's going to have um, a good game. It's a good week for him to match up with, you know, sort of in that uh, – in that scope. Um, man, I'm just looking at the rosters right now. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26 odd players on the Broncos roster that is either questionable out or on IR. Yeah. But, uh... That's insane. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, 26, 27, I don't know, whatever. That, like, it's, it's half it's, your team. It's, 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 yeah, that's all I can say about that is stammer and oh, just maybe like get to the brink of tears, but like pull it back. That's you insane. Know, like, uh, yeah, it's it, it, and it makes you wonder, you know, what a three and four yeah, team could be. It makes you wonder, man. You know? like, if everybody was healthy, this team, like, I don't know, it's a different story. And returning from, uh, you know, the, the opt-out for COVID, like, I mean, it's a lot of what-ifs, and every team could sit back and say, like, oh, well, what if, what if, like, totally get it. At the end of the day, though, like, this is significant. There is a lot of talent that is just sitting there that yeah. isn't playing that would make a world of a difference, man. Cortland Sutton, Jarrell Casey, Vaughn fucking Miller. Like, who, might, who might be back in a month. Who might be back in a month? But you have a top three defense without mm-hmm. Vaughn Miller, Jarrell Casey. Mike You're seventh Brissett. in sacks in the league without Vaughn without Miller Vaughn, and Jarrell like, Casey. You whoever know? says that Fangio needs to get fired should just like. I get it. You know, I well, I mean, when I say I get it, he's got game management issues. He's not a great. He doesn't know how to be a good head coach yet. But he no, knows how to yeah. scheme up a defense. Oh, his defense is beastly. And you know what? Like, I think it's going to be a story of of here's a guy who might not make it throughout the year, especially if they have another losing record. But man, his talent as a defensive coordinator. You know, it's like if I could. This, man. Yeah, it's you know, it's one of those things where if you, in a perfect world, Kyle Shanahan might be the head coach of the Denver Broncos with Vic, Vic Fangio no. <laughs> as a defensive coordinator. No, in a perfect world, in a perfect uh-huh. world, man, the Falcons win the Super Bowl in 2016 and <laughs> Kyle Shanahan goes, you know, he succeeds somewhere else, but you know, fuck it. We don't, we're not in this situation. The Falcons mm. won win many more Super Bowls, but Hey, here we are. Yeah. Here Show we are. Stars. Yeah, Anyways, absolutely. Um, all right, so on the Falcons off, so on the Falcons offense, yeah, who's a player that you're worried about? Who's somebody that you know we should watch out for? Oh God! Um, Other than Julio Jones, you can't pick Julio Jones. Well, see, pick I wasn't going to pick Julio Jones, okay. but I was like really leaning towards Calvin Ridley. I'm going to go Todd Gurley though. Um, yeah. I'm I'm worried. I this Denver run defense could be really vulnerable. They got gashed by San Diego. I'm sorry, San Diego. Jesus. Wow. Oh, it's been a long time. Right, That's been a long time. Yeah, What's right. Going on, Jared? I, t- I tell you what, those uniforms, I'm sorry, just scream San Diego so hard to me, especially since they changed them this year. Yeah. They look so good, but they look so San Diego. They um, have to break out like those dark blue. 
Oh, God, oh, they all look good. Nice, they all man. look good is the problem. Um, look at, yeah. Yeah, anyway, so 10, um, Los Angeles, I don't even know what I was saying. What was I saying? <laughs> uh, Todd Gurley. And okay, Todd, yeah. Uh, they ran, the Los Angeles ran for like 200 yards against like us, that, yeah. and they don't have anybody running back. You know, it's, guys like Pope, it's it's not good. Um, they they kind of gashed us, and I am kind of nervous to see what a guy who's as physical as Todd Gurley is can do in getting to the second level. I think guys are going to get to him eventually, but I think we're going to see a lot of runs that, you know, initial contact is made at four or five yards and he just keeps moving for another five or six yards. And it's that those runs are so demoralizing to your defense. Oh, they are. And, uh, you know, I think those are going to happen. They're going to happen early. And again, like I said before, I think the Broncos best defense is their offense. If their offense can get a few points up, Falcons won't have a choice, but to move away from the run and start throwing it all the time. So, you know, it's a big if situation where if the Broncos offense can't move and the Falcons can just keep running. Ooh, we might see a you know a Falcons victory in this week. Um, a a Ben don't break defense would be, I think, a better strategy than anything for the Broncos yes. this week. You yeah. know, if you can tighten up in the red zone and hold them to field goals. That yeah. be the best sort of approach, especially early in the game. So I mean, uh, you know, let's hope for that. Uh, you know, I'm gonna pick on another player here. Somebody watch out for the Falcons offense, man. Like Alex Mack is still a phenomenal center. And considering all the injuries on that defensive line, you know, you talk about Todd Gurley really having a, a potentially a good game. It's going to start with the offensive line, namely Alex Mack, who's, who's still the leader of that crew. Um, one of the best zone blockers too. And, and that's exactly the kind of running that Todd Gurley does. So he's somebody that whoever's going to line up against him um, is probably going to get beat, uh, just, you know, blocked over and over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. He's somebody to really watch out for this game. Uh, because I think he's just going to, you know, anchor the line and, and really shows dominance. Uh, flip side, on the the Broncos defense, who are you looking forward to watching this weekend? No, uh, we just did the Broncos defense. Do you mean the Broncos offense? You no, know, we really did the Broncos defense. On this Broncos offense, the flip side, who are you looking forward to watching this weekend? Um, I should – I'm not going to say a tight end position because that's cheating, but I am going to say Noah Fant. Um, <laughs> sure. He, uh, he was not a guy who would have been on the hypothetical injury list today. He would have practiced fully, which tells me that ankle injury is nice and healed up. Sorry to interrupt, but do, like Jake Butt, how sad is his story, man? Again with the injury, like it's heartbreaking. It is, and we we talked a little bit internally that he might not see many more snaps as a Bronco. Yeah. Um, we'll see. You know the the. IR injury that he's got right now is more the three or four week kind than the he's out for the season again kind, but it's still, you know, he can't even get on the field yeah. and that's, it, it just continues to kind of be a problem for him. Um, uh, anyway, no, back to Noah Fant. No, uh, yeah. I, I, we were talking a little bit about it earlier and I alluded to it. I think the cover two defense uh, that the Falcons like to run, like you were saying, um, and how our tight ends can match up against them because they're both such athletic guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realize the Falcons have speed in the safeties and on the linebackers, but I, you know they don't have size though. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think Albert Okwebenam um, and Noah Fant both are going to be able to box those guys out and kind of play some bully ball with them, especially in the red zone. If you can get either one of those guys lined up on Ricardo Allen, I think you win. Deion mm-hmm. Jones, he's he's tough to, to to match up on. Just he has the size and the speed. Same with Oluokun, but uh, you know if you can get them on the safeties. Yeah. 
And, you know, Albert O, we saw that touchdown catch that he had. It was basically the exact same play that he didn't get against the Patriots that hit him in the hands and he dropped it. You know, it's good to see your tight end make some progress. He pulled yeah. this one down. Hey, you know, he, he's a guy that doesn't make the same mistake twice. So that's uh, not very good uh, very good pick there. Um, I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. I think mm. he's finally going to have his breakout game against this Falcons defense, man. I think that, you know, he's, his size, his speed, and his ability, it's all leading him towards having a big game this week. Um, the, the corners aren't very strong, like I said. And, and ultimately, I think, you know, he just – he hasn't got all the looks that he's wanted to this year, and I think it's a great matchup for him. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him and Locke have a nice connection this week for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we should talk about Philip Lindsay a little bit because obviously electric again against the Chargers, um, but um, a guy who was who would have been uh, on Vic Fangio's hypothetical injury report again today um, with his toes. Uh, so he said he jammed up his toes a little bit against the Chargers. Um it was kind of, you know, the same as Bryce Callahan. Fangio said it was kind of one of those middle-of-the-year type injuries that guys yeah. are dealing with. Um, so it doesn't sound like something that's going to keep him out of the game. But, you know, we'll see what his split is with Melvin Gordon. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to note. Um, I think, you know, like electric, this guy is dominant. When he shows up on the field, like it's eight, nine yards per carry. He's, he's fantastic to watch, and it's the injuries that really get him. But um, overall, man, what a just a – Fun athlete, just yeah, awesome. absolutely. Um, you know, so, Raheem interim head coach Raheem Morris said he is the kind of the heart of this offense, and it's hard to disagree. Oh yeah, when he's on the field and he's rolling, man, the entire offense is better. Melvin Gordon is serviceable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the fumbling issue—you hold your breath every run, right? Uh, but Lindsey, man, wow, he's he's electric, hard nose, and and just so shifty and, and a great athlete. Um, yeah, absolutely. So you know, uh, on the. <laughs> On the Falcons' defense, if there is anybody to watch out for, I mean, there is. I know who I'm picking. Uh, you might pick them too, but uh, you know who who's somebody you should worry about if you're a Broncos fan. I mean, is it cheating to say Grady Jarrett? Ah, yeah. I, okay. All right. All right. All right. You you, you, you know. okay. All right. You know the defense better than I do, so I'm going to take the obvious guy and say Grady Jarrett. <laughs> um, you know, basically, obviously, the best player on the Falcons' defense, uh, penetrating defensive tackle. Uh, who's going to probably get the start. I don't know if Graham Glasgow is uh, eligible to come off the COVID um, list yet. I don't know. You know, it sounds like I haven't heard anything, which is bad news to me, which means he he may be symptomatic. And, you know, obviously the most important thing is his health. Um, But if he's looking at Austin Schlotman across from Grady Jarrett, that's a that's one potential big advantage matchup for the Falcons defense that's not going to have a ton of advantage matchups, you know. Yeah, oh, you're going to have to see Locke roll out a whole bunch, do a lot of play action, like <clears throat> anything to, to yeah. kind of get Grady on, on his heels. Because, um, yeah, he is a phenomenal athlete. Man, he's good. Uh, you know, that's a great pick. I was going to pick him, but, I mean, you know, pick the easy guy. Go ahead. That's fine. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to pick the other linebacker across from Deion Jones. I've talked about him a few times, but Afoyo uh, Sade Oluokan. Oluokan. Mm-hmm. Oluokan. Like he's very athletic, great in pass coverage, a Yale graduate. So you know he's smart. He can dissect an offense. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's uh, he's had one pick this year, three forced fumbles and 54 tackles in, in eight games. So he's all over the field. He's incredibly athletic. And I think he's going to be somebody who, you know, might match up well, you know, against maybe an Albert O against a, uh, one of the two running backs. Um, you know, ultimately, 
you know, I think he's one of the bright spots on this defense that is kind of morbid. So, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. But he's a player that I think that, you know, if you're a Broncos fan, that number 54, I'd watch out for him because he's surprisingly athletic and, and, and he'll make some plays. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like, I think we've covered pretty much all the important stuff. Yeah. Uh, Fucking just watch out for the special teams because you never know. <laughs> yeah, and the young way coup man, he's coming oh. for you. Yeah, he's boot him. Um, question though, how do you find the the Falcons' new uniforms? <sighs> like it's not none of it is as bad in prime time as it looks when you're doing like the uniform reveal. Uh, yeah. With the exception of the Rams away uniforms, I know we're talking about the Falcons here, but those Rams <laughs> away uniforms, the bone, I, yeah. I do not like that look. Um, yeah. Like the ombre effect fade from red to black Falcons uniform, I'm not a big fan of. Um, yeah. And that's probably the one we're seeing this week, right? Um, I don't know. They, that's kind of like their special uniforms. Like they wear black at home now. Oh, that's okay. Right. And they, they, they went from like black to red is their main color now they're back to black yeah uh, with the red fade is kind of like that's almost like the color rush now well uh, the so, black uniform is the least horrifying to look at so <laughs> wow. there is that at least well i really like the uniforms i think they're sharp mm-hmm. I, i'm really into them so um fuck you basically is all i gotta say great um yeah. there's also you know i i really actually kind of want to look up the uniform schedule now because the falcons also do have that old school black with kind of the block letters yeah uh, numbers uniform that looks slick as hell so yeah. you know that would be if if we got that one uh i'd, I'd be okay with that i'm gonna look yeah, that up right way. now anyway mm-hmm. but uh, i think definitely an upgrade from what they used to have um yeah. but uh, anyway so uh you know Anything else with the Falcons here? Like, listen, they, they fired their head coach and their GM a few weeks ago, which, you know, it was about time. Both individuals were successful in some ways. Dan Quinn will become a coach next year. Maybe not as a head coach right away. Maybe go back to the defensive coordinator role, which, I mean, he went to two Super Bowls. As well, mm. right? See how mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, right now the Falcons are not in a very – good position with their culture i think and with their team i think they're just trying to write out the season and, and get as many wins as they can and, and hopefully a decent draft spot so you know they're kind of that franchise in between they have nothing to lose essentially mm-hmm. and yeah. so they're going to come out you know balls to the wall and they're going to really try to make some noise and get this win because they're competitive and, and they want that to happen yeah uh, even though they have a 99.9 percent chance of winning they might lose. So it's all in favor of the Broncos, right? As long as, as you're competitive and you're close to, uh, you know, to, to, to them in that final score, the game could be yours. So, uh, Especially no, when they final score is an accidental Todd Gurley touchdown that loses like, them the game. Like they've literally found every possible way to lose a game. You know, I'm like, they've got blown out. They've, they've accidentally scored. Um, they didn't score when they needed to. Um, they forgot to, how to pick up an onside kick. They, they just forgot, forgot how it worked. They forgot how a play works. Like, it's just across the board, man. They've they've lost in every possible way. And this weekend, they'll probably find a new way to do it. Like, I don't know, man. They'll probably get a safety in the last second. Who freaking knows? But yeah. Uh, yeah. so on that note, though, what's your score prediction for this week? Um, I think it probably the Broncos offense is able to score some points. I think it ends up being something like 28-24 Denver because I think the the Falcons are going to keep it close. They're going to score points too. But, yeah, 28-24 Broncos. Cool. Um, 
you know, I don't think it's going to be that high scoring, just given the the Broncos defense is still pretty good, even with all the injuries. Uh, Fangio has proven to put together a solid unit. Um, I think the Falcons do take this, though. I have to pick them because really it's my only chance. I'll be ever able to say that the Falcons are the Broncos on this podcast. So uh, I'm picking the Falcons to win 24-17. I think it's going to come down to really like the last drive. Whoever has the ball last is going to be able to, to take it in and score and, and win the game ultimately. And I think the Falcons are in that position. <clears throat> Just being at home, they're also coming off a big win against the Panthers on Thursday night. Um, so, you know, that's where I'm seeing it uh, happen. So uh, any final words? I wonder if we're due for like a Drew Lock Texans game. That's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah, just leave me hanging on that one. It kind of feels like you know maybe, just maybe a Drew Lock Texans. (laughs) Okay, Texans game, perfect. Uh, Well, I've got nothing to say really. I'm looking forward to this game. I've been waiting for a few years for this, so uh, super exciting. Going to be a fun uh, one. A lot of trash oh, talk on that. that oh, you guys are going to wish you were on the Orange Weekly oh, Pod. Yeah. Uh, you and Kevin are, uh, are broadcasting it, or not broadcasting it, but you're commentating this one live, right? Well, I am not. Kevin, I think, is maybe doing it with his brother. Um, okay. I'm bowing out this week. I've just got, I got way too much school work to do uh, this weekend, but they're going to be nice enough to make that work without me. Um, I will be back with Kevin at Colorado Cork and Keg um, a little bit later this month. We're going to get a, another game under our belt there. Um, so yeah, but tune in for him, uh, this week up there and, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely going to be, should be a fun time whether I'm there or not. Oh yeah, no, it'll be great. Yeah. Definitely tune into Kevin and and Jason. Um, you know, they're the two shortest members of, uh, of orange weekly and, but they make up for it with moxie. Well, I was going to say, I mean, they're just the two shortest guys. That's all I got to say about them. Like, you know, whatever we're about six feet. So why should we care? By the way, to to listeners who were wondering how this turned out, the Broncos will actually be wearing their alternate blue uniforms. The Falcons will be in white. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah, wearing home whites. Whatever, man. Yeah. Don't like it. <laughs> Matt, Matt, very upset by this. Not not Don't a worry. fan of wearing the whites at home. Huh, man? At home, man. You you show up with that nasty black. Like mm. no, good yeah. lord. Okay. Oh, All right. Well, I think go. I'm going to sign this off with a go Broncos. Yeah, I'm going to sign this one. Go Falcons. Orange Weekly. Fans, Brews, and Broncos News.